2: Hello and welcome to the MK1 Podcast, your hub for everything Milton Keynes-Dons. been a few weeks since he came onto the podcast, but as always, we come back when there's a lot of news going on and uh, I think it's fair to say there's been a lot of news this past couple of weeks to which we can talk about. Uh, not only signings coming in, signings going out, but also uh, a few games to talk about, which have either been played or coming up. So a lot to talk about, boys, but I'll introduce all of us on the call before we jump into it. So Ross, how are we, mate?
3: Yeah, all good. Just enjoying the weather, the good weather. For
2: Are you enjoying it? It's a bit hot for me personally.
3: Oh, no, I, I enjoy this sort of
2: weather. Fair enough. So I think, I think next week it'll be a bit unbearable for everybody. But uh, yeah, uh, it's not too bad. Joe, what about yourself?
3: Yeah,
4: yeah, getting by, getting along. Only a couple more weeks, and and uh, we're back in the thick of it. So yeah, just kind of riding it out.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And obviously, got two friendlies before the big game at uh, Cambridge away. Um, so, yeah, Kings and the Barnet, of course, all the way pre-season games this season because of the Women's Euros. So, yeah, tickets are on sale for both those games as well as Cambridge. So, make sure you grab those and, uh, yeah, support the boys away. It's going to be a good couple of weeks uh, following the lads lead up to and, of course, the first game of the season at Cambridge. So, yeah, let's uh, let's talk transfers before we get into any uh, games that we've played or about to play. Um, of course, one outgoing, one big outgoing that we hadn't spoken about since our last recording was uh, Scott Twine leaving. It feels like a little while ago. Um, but, yeah, he's gone to Burnley, of course. Um, you know, I imagine to be up there in terms of our club records, f- f- transfer fees received anyway, in terms of what we've got back for him. But, boys, obviously, Tiny, you-, you could argue that, the season that we saw from him last year was probably the best we've ever seen from Don's play ever. Um, that shows the level of contributions that he made to the team and what he almost got us to in terms of getting promoted to the championship. So Joe, of course it goes, our best wishes, but you know, what a player to have to even watch for a season.
4: Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's really good. Uh, that I, th- I think you made a good point. Yeah. It could be probably the best ever season, definitely in terms of goal, uh, goal involvements and, yeah, I, I think um, it's just all round, it's a good deal for everyone, really. Burnley, they're not, I don't think they're um, quite the team that maybe they were under Sean Dyche. They seem to be getting some real nice younger players in. And um, I think a potential shift of uh, style of play. Um, financially, I'm sure it's an amazing deal for him. You know, with Burnley getting parachute payments, I'm sure he's not on peanuts. The club getting a good fee. And also future-proofing themselves. So if he goes and scores 30 goals next season and gets to move to one of the real big boys, you know, who knows what, what could be coming our way. And um, I think as well, it's really good um, in terms of how, you know, he's, he's, he was only with us for a season, but we were not more than happy. But like we were, you know, I think Liam Manning said it really well. If if, another, if someone in the team's journey is going faster than the team's, then we're not going to stand in their way if there's a deal available that's good for the club. And I think when people are signing a player, you know, when a player's thinking about signing, um, I think Paul, Paul Walmsley mentioned um, quite a good point on um, on Twitter. He was saying about how the, the you know, a, a Portsmouth, for instance, if a player's going there and a player's had a really good season, what would the fans' be, reaction be if after a year they they, they let them go? And I think we're quite happy to do that. And that is the model. OK, it can't happen to all our players every season. But, you know, there's some players that I'm sure wouldn't have signed for us this season if they didn't think that if they did get an opportunity to go higher, that they would be allowed to explore it. We're not going to be holding people here against their will. And, you know, it's just another one off the conveyor belt. And, you know, so now we've got people like Fish, O'Reilly, Healy, uh, darling and now twine so that's all five players who you you'd have thought would have sell-on fees etc um and so you know it's it's basically potential ways of us making money from us not really doing anything and um yeah so i think it, it, it keeps the club look at uh, an attractive destination for young talent and it's um in the immediate term it, it looks to have given us some funds to uh able to make a few manoeuvres in the transfer market, which I'm sure we're going to be getting on to shortly.
2: Yeah. I remember sitting in that presentation, that um, you know, when it's Russ Martin and uh, Liam Sweeten put together in terms of the, the Brentford model and how they want to progress the club moving forward. I think it was about 12 months ago. It feels crazy to say that it's been so long um, since all that happened, but you know, as Joseph, said, we kind of seen it being acted out in person now and in real life with all the signings that we're making and the players that we're selling for the fees that we are rumored to be anyway. Um, and, yeah, it's positive to see. And, you know, if we can keep it up for the next, you know, five to ten years, who knows what it will be as a club and who knows what it will be in terms of our financial sort of stability and stability as a club overall. But sticking with Twine, um, Ross, yeah, good player, weren't you, really?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sign in which I don't think I was gutted about because uh, obviously we knew the quality he, he possessed when he did come. And from day dot, um, even Sweeten said it, um, we we were fought, fighting off uh, top League One championship clubs at the start, so for him to pull out the bag, play the League One player of the year, then in the team the season as well, I think you just have to hold your hands up and say, look, um, he's one of a kind, and um, he certainly goes down as one of my favourite Don's players. Um, obviously, that them free kicks, um, don't I? Don't think anyone can replicate them because it was such a unique technique. Louis no, um, got a good free kick on him. Well, yeah, you know, well. <laughs> I don't think he, he can dip the ball like Twine did, but um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really chuffed for the lad, and um, I, I, I couldn't speak anything better than to him and his family, um, and they, they really do deserve this move, and um, let's hope he can replicate this season um, in the coming one for Burnley.
2: Yeah, a lovely bloke. He's got a brilliant, a brilliant team behind him, and as Ross said, he's getting to his family over the season was fantastic. So. Yeah, wish him all the best and hopefully he, uh, well, of course, makes clubs some money, but also has a brilliant career, Uh, hopefully, you know, with Burnley and wherever he ventures on to after that. Um, But yeah, outside of Twiney, it's been all with incomings, really, um, and quite a few of them. I think the best way to probably do this, actually, gents, is to probably just start from uh, the back of the pitch up and to start with uh, a returning Don this season, come back from Chelsea and Jamie come in. Um, I know quite a lot of people are really, really excited to see Jamie back and, I think it was a um, well, it was a rumor, the kind of that sort of sprang about 24 hours before he actually was announced officially by the club. Um, I think everyone on this call is over the moon to have him back, but I'll let them let their thoughts out there. So Ross, Jamie, coming back as a don, I'm sure you're over the moon with it.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a signing of intent. Um, and it's one I didn't think was going to happen. I thought, um, obviously, without throwing shade on this team, I thought he was too good for us. Um, I thought he was going to get the championship move. Um, he deserved, by the way. Um, and I'm, I'm just really happy we got this over the line. And credit to, obviously, Manning and Sweeting and others um, to get this over the line. Um, I, bl- I believe Jamie Cumming, he saved his points last year and on numerous ca- occasions, just looking at AFC, um, for example. Um, and I think this is a sign in, which is massive in, our, in my eyes. Um, I believe he commands his area. And it's a key thing in, in this squad. We've, we've probably said it in the past that some, some ex-keepers have struggled with that and I, feel, I just feel comfortable with coming in the net when it comes to crosses and his distribution as well. It's, at the start, it was, a bit, it was a bit flaky, but he's starting to really get better at it and um, I'm hoping he can come, uh, come along even better this year and um, move along with the team in a positive direction.
2: You could say, Ross, he could come good. But, yeah, no, no. Pardon leave, the pun. Yeah, we'll leave that there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we definitely seen some good developments from Jamie uh, last season. I said, Ross, you know, I think it's, it's like very short. distribution has got some work to do, but I think the media in terms of like getting it to the halfway line is really, really good actually. And we definitely saw that progress. Um, and yeah, I think I think Joey kind of outlined that he potentially would have some championship options to him, but he wanted to come back to the Dons, which kind of highlights, you know, I said this mentioned about a lot about the culture, but the culture the club's got, and you know, players want to play here.
4: It, we, we've made nine seat, signings so far, and this for me, this is the biggest one. I did not expect it. Did not expect it at all. Um, I think it's yeah, it's just a real coup, and um, yeah, absolutely. But I think as well, especially with such a big player and Harry Darlin' leaving, to have a bit of continuity um, in that back line. Um, is really important. Obviously, he's still got Skip Warren O'Hora, Tanai and, and Dan Harvey. But um, yeah, just is that's for me is um yeah I, I was over the moon, and um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him back in that lovely uh, new keeper shirt. By the way, um, but but uh, yeah, it's getting another case of. I think it's really quite refreshing to see where teams are actually teams, well, players and their agents. Uh, you know, some of them are. Not always thinking the grass is always greener because you can get an extra couple of grand a week. And they realize not dropping down, but maybe playing not beneath their level, but you know, playing at a level where they could be potentially playing a bit higher, but they realise that in the long term, you know, Scott Twine, he could have gone to a, a lower championship club, like I don't know, a Birmingham City, let's say. Where would he be now? He'd just be a decent player in a crap team. Um, whereas now he's gone from being a a good player, the best player in a smaller team. But now he's now got that move. And I think it's refreshing to see that players are recognising that, you know, to actually make that massive jump, maybe you need to just come back a little bit more rather than jumping at the first paycheck that you can possibly get. Um, So, yeah, really good to see. And yeah, just well done all round again to, to to the Liams.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And, of course, I think it's a forgotten point also that, you know, half a season last year, he had Jack Tucker behind him and in the Jill's defence. Oh, you know, gosh,
4: yeah, of course. Continuity
2: yeah. there also for him. So, yeah, that that whole back line he's um, played under, apart from Jack Jules actually. Um, so, yeah, you know, fantastic. And, you know, I think that's going to be a really, really good and really pivotal point, a point going forward in the season where, you know, there's going to be the grind-out games. We're not playing as well up front. And uh, those guys at the back will hopefully do that for us. Um, so yeah, no no defensive signing since we uh, last spoke. So straight onto the attack and two wingers who are uh, very, very exciting actually. And, and we'll start with the Irish lad in Dara Burns who has gone from St. Pat's um, rumoured fee of about £150,000. So, you know, a, a fairly considerable fee for a League One team and especially who's still being impacted from COVID as I'm sure all teams are. Um, but not just our thoughts on this signing. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have a uh, an Irish football expert on in uh, Josh Bunting. He knows a lot more about uh, Dara and a few of the other Irish lads that we've signed that we that we do. Um, so, yeah, I'll hand that over to my conversation with Josh a few weeks ago uh, before the Rushton game. Welcome back to our InFocus series where we look at all MK Don's transfer window business. And a big one this evening. Of course, just been announced that Dara Burns has become an MK Don's player, joining from St Pats in Ireland. And we've got the pleasure of welcoming on uh, Josh Bunting onto the podcast. Chat all about him. So, Josh, how are
5: you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on, on your podcast. And I'm sure you're a very happy man that you know, as with every football fan, when your club signs someone, you're you're buzzing. So I'm sure you're buzzing that you can finally have some positive news.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting window. I suppose the players that we have lost, um, particularly Harry Harry Darling and Scott Twam, we kind of knew they were leaving. Um, of course, for the fees they did leave for, it's fantastic for the club. But, you know, it's allowed to sign players like Dara, who, you know, we probably wouldn't have been in the position to maybe sign if we didn't have that capital with us. So, yeah, it's it's got, of course, it's got positive negatives towards it. But, um, yeah, I think we're, we're fairly an optimistic fan base on whole. So, you know, getting players like Dara into the club is uh, always good. Yeah. But, yeah. Dara Burns chats to me. Obviously, he's current St Pat's in the League of Ireland, um, a league that you know has picked up a lot of interest over the years in terms of young talent. You know, Oxford have done quite a lot of business with them, and I think you know MK are looking to do the same. And so yeah, Dara Burns, what do you know about him?
5: Yeah, really exciting player. You know, really young, obviously a young player, 19 years of age, and you know I think this one has been on there. As I say, the writing's been on the wall for quite some time. He's apparently you know the interest materialised from January onwards. And now we're finally here with with the signing. Really, really good player. Will run for days. Just energy, um, which is obviously like what you want to see. Obviously a little bit raw because you know he's, because of the age. But I think, you know, he's going into your perfect club. I think he's going in with a perfect manager. Um, I said this to you, obviously, when we were messaging yesterday. Um, I really like Liam Manning. Fantastic, fantastic coach. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, dons have another really good season but for Burns himself you know like I say very very technical great first touch um and you know his finishing ability is actually very very good he's quite mature for his age I keep saying it you know he's 19 but his finishing ability is, is good if you look at his stats you know the goals are they're quite impressive you know people will look at it and think okay he's only got what four or five goals but the thing is when you actually look at the League of Ireland and, and the way that he plays and the way St. Pat's play, um yeah, it's it's sort of similar to what I think Dawns will want to play like. Um so yeah, I think it's it's a really, really good addition for for the club.
2: Yeah, I think expectation in terms of where Dara's probably gonna play. Um and it's not obviously it's not being a yet our first pre pre-season game um is against Russia and Diamonds tomorrow night, which should be happened by the time this comes out. But yeah, the expectation for Dara is that he'll be on the right side of the four-two-three-one. Um, of course, last season we played a lot of three-four-three, so we had a bit more um, inside forward sort of type formation, really. Um, and you know, based of what you've been saying and based of stats, I'm looking at in terms of Dara, he's going to fit that perfectly. You know, in terms of not only creativity-wise, from, like the free passes, the progressive runs, and progressive play overall, but also as you said his you know his goal scoring record and his bit of a, his ability to shoot from everywhere. And uh, yeah, his, his goal threat seems to be through the roof. So. I think you have him, then I'm gonna to talk with to Nathan Holland yesterday and on the left hand side and then probably Connor Grant, who maybe we'll get on to later on in the middle. You know, you've got a pretty a pretty potent front three behind whatever striker it'll be, whether it's Mo Iser, or potentially Will Greg. Um, but yeah, plenty of strikers there who can really profit off that. And yeah, I said hopefully Burns can add to his um, goal tallies for the dons for sure.
5: Yeah, absolutely think you will. And I think you said a key word there, he is progressive, you know, really, really good ball carrier. Um, quite actually strong as well. He's you know he doesn't usually get knocked off the ball. Obviously in, in League One that's going to be a challenge because more physical um, than the League of Ireland in terms of how players are built. Um, but you know yeah really really good ball carrier, progressive player, and he is very creative. You know some parts last year. You know obviously the one the one the cup as well. The won the FA Cup. So he has sort of that vision and that mentality of success already he's already won you know a, a big trophy um, so he, he has that taste of success and you know going to Don's you know he'll have that you know it's already that mentality is already in him so he, he, he'll know what to expect and you know he's under no illusions Um, so yeah really really like I say really really good signing for, for Don's he is creative he's progressive um, and he's sort of everything that you want as a right-sided player you know, especially in, in, in League One. Um and I think that, you know, he has certainly a lot of potential that he could go into the championship and Premier League in years to come.
2: Yeah, you mentioned about the the cup win and I think that's the unique thing with the League of Ireland in general is and Irish football in general is that you know it's whilst we all respect to it some of the quality of players isn't as high as maybe League One is, I think the level of support and the actual passion behind some of the fan bases is really up there, if not, you know, in terms of the UK probably the second biggest league to so maybe the championship for example. You know, it's really raw. It's really passionate. So, young lads like Darrow, you know, growing up in that set bats team for the past couple of years, he has. He's probably used to, you know, quite um, raw atmospheres, ones where there's a lot of passion involved. And I think it's fair to say in League One over here, it's you know, especially with all the teams that are in the league this season coming into it, you know, it's going to be. Whilst it might take him a little time to settle in potentially moving back to England, you know, it's. I think it's going to. He's going to have that. Initial thing that some young players struggle with in terms of adapting to certain atmospheres and certain situations, um, where you know other Premier League talents may struggle.
5: Yeah, I think you know he hasn't played you know that under twenty three football. He's played men's football. He's played senior football. He knows exactly what to what they expect. He's like he's playing against growing adults since you know he was what seventeen years of age. Um, so, you know, he, he has that experience. Like you say, he's played in toxic atmospheres as well. He's played in Dublin derbies against like, like Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians. So, he yeah, he knows exactly what they what expected. Like I say, he, he'll be under no illusions. Um. So, yeah, really, really, really good test for him. But it's certainly a challenge that I totally expect him to rise to.
2: Yeah, I suppose, without being too um, pessimistic about the signing, I mean, obviously, it's important that when we look at new signs, we value every single part of their game. And I was wondering whether you wanted to mention any particular weaknesses of the game. I mean, obviously, being a smaller player, maybe airily, he isn't particularly prolific. But, I mean, apart from that, I mean, looking at his stats now, he looks like a pretty well-rounded player. But is there anything that did like, stare out to you when you looked at his game?
5: I think he's a very exciting player. Um, you know, like I said... Like you said, he, he is small, so not he, he isn't good in the air. But I don't really think there there is a weakness to be like there's an obvious if you know what I mean, there's not really an obvious weakness. He like you say, he sort of is a complete footballer. Um and like you know, he can he has a, he has he's got a really good level of intelligence for his name. Uh for, for his game as well, like for his age, really, really intelligent player, you know. If there's a shot on, he'll take it. If there's a pass on, he'll, instead of shooting, he'll he'll go for the pass. So, you know, he does have that level of thought in his game and he has a good process behind him. So I don't really think there is an obvious weakness to his game. And, that, and that's being completely honest with you.
2: Yeah, no, we were... Um, it's funny because we were saying exactly the same thing to Burnley fans about Scott Twine, actually. Um, they're all, I was asking us, you know, oh, what is a sort of glaring weakness? And... You can't really name one. Obviously, it's a bit like um, Dari. You can mention about the height, and but, you know, even his core strength was really, really good for a player of his size and sort of yeah, weight really in good. general. So, you know, in some ways, a face of the players actually, this one's uh, obviously gone to championship this season, one, one's in League One. But yeah, it's a uh, very exciting signing, and um, one look forward to seeing on the pitch, soon as possible.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, this is what I think Dawns have done really well, and in, in, especially in recent seasons sign these type of players um and obviously look for example scott swine we, we all knew he was, he was obviously very good at swindon but you know Dons took him to the next level and, and this is something that i think that you will do with with, with Dara burns Um, i think you know he just if there was a, a jigsaw puzzle and you were looking at darry burns and you're looking at english clubs you're looking at in, in, in league one I think Dawns is the perfect fit for him. I think it's the perfect model of a club for him as well uh, to certainly to step on to the next level. So, yeah, really, really exciting thing for for the club and I think he'll do very, very well.
2: One final question on Darren before we move on to um, a few other players. How quickly do you reckon he starts games? Because I think as of right now, obviously, it's still very early in the window, so a lot of games to play and the oldest month to go through, really, before we kick off our season against Cambridge United. It's fair to say right now that besides maybe Matt Dennis, who's a young kid joined from South End, so non-league football, he's probably the only natural player for that right-wing position currently. Do you think he starts games fairly quickly uh, or do you definitely needs a bit of time to bed?
5: I think it's a perfect time for him to join because he's hard games. He doesn't really need to go up to that speed in terms of level of fitness because they're in season now, so he's been playing games. So he doesn't need a full... Like a, f- a full pre preseason, of course he's going to take time to get used to every player on the pitch, and sort of adapt to the system. But I think, yeah, I think he's ready to start now. Um, I think obviously, obviously the the preseason games it's it's a perfect time for him to come in. But I think with his level of fitness now, because he's played league games and obviously the league of Ireland, then yeah, I think he's I, think, I honestly think he is ready to jump right in straight, really from the off.
2: Very good, very good. It's great to hear and really excited to watch him play football, actually. It's one of those signings which kind of, well, hoping he'll get us off our feet. So I'm looking forward to seeing him on that right-hand side for Don to go into the season. Thanks once again to Josh giving us his thoughts on Dara, and you'll hear from Josh once again a bit later on regarding some of her other signings. But boys, Dara Burns, obviously we saw him against Rushton, albeit for 45 minutes. He seems to be a very positive signing, Joe, and one that's going to have, hopefully, an impact throughout the season.
4: Yeah, I think as well. He 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 just the way to describe his play style from the clips, you know, that the 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 media team put together was positive. He he he, whenever he gets the ball, he just looks to go forward. And as well, he's remarkably calm. For I was looking at some of his assists, and you know, quite a few. He plays on primarily on the right wing, and he'll cut in onto his left, favoured left foot. And some of the crosses were it wasn't just a. I'm going to run it to the byline and smash it into the box and hope for the best. It was, you know, kind of just waiting for runs, looking up. And um, there's a few balls played through, balls played through the middle. So he just he seems, for his age, very intelligent player and a player who can actually he, he likes to drift inside as well, which I think is quite interesting because you think last season we maybe had Theo Corbenou and you know people like Kessel Hayden and they liked getting wide. And then coming in, whereas he's, you know, he, he's looking to really um, cut in and 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 play in the middle of the pitch almost at times. Um, and he's really composed. He's played in big games before. I think I, I might be right in saying St Pats won a um, uh, was it a Cup Irish Cup final? Yeah, um, yeah. At the Aviva State. So you know he's played in big occasions before, and you know he, he's young. I think he's nineteen coming over to live in England. So yeah, there might be an adjustment period, but I think he he looks really exciting. And also another thing to note, they're in the middle of the Irish season already. So, you know, he's going to hopefully come in and hit the ground running, but I think there's a lot of, lot of uh, potential upside with this one. And um, it's really good as well that we've got some other, you know, Irish players, um, which I'm sure we're going to come on to that are going to kind of, you know, mould around him and, um, yeah just just really good solid business yeah. um not too big of a fee and potential huge potential upside so yeah let's, let's go
2: <laughs> yeah and as well as you know being brilliant as a footballer Ross he seems to have a really good connection with well the St. Pat's fan base anyway from what we've seen from footages of him in the in the stands and of course you know, the comments that he's gone when he's left so that's always a good sign in terms if you know we've seen a lot of well, especially not even our English players, you know, Scottish and Irish players having a brilliant connection with our, with our us as fans from the stands. So it's good to see that another player coming in has that similar connection with a different fan base.
3: Yeah, 100%. And I think their fans knew that if he was going to make that next step in his career, it was to obviously move over to England and uh, to obviously progress his football career. And, I think if if you just look at their fans' responses, it just shows how respected he, he is as a footballer. And even at such a young age, um carries a lot of maturity for his for himself and um just going on his game his game on the pitch, he's he's a very much a raw very he's a very raw talent, you can tell. Um and I think someone who who we will get the best out of, um, as Joe's just mentioned, he's a winger. Um and I think the key, the key part of, of the whole plan is that obviously that change of formation we briefly saw at Diamonds, obviously um, changing two wingers. Um, and I think obviously he fits the mould. He likes to take on his man and um, get the ball in the box. And it's it's nice to see a player who, as Joe's just said, is just really positive in what he does. And um, yeah, I think you've got to give him time because um, he, w- he will go through that stage where he has dips in form. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see uh, that we got him through the door for sure.
2: Yeah, you mentioned that raw talent, Ross. I think it's I think it's pretty fair to say that we're going to sign another player for that right-hand side to compete with Dara. So I suppose, let's say this person's in by Cambridge, for example. Do, would you start Dara um, week one at Cambridge or would you potentially look say to the new the newcomers to come in depending on who that is. I know it's really hypothetical, but do you think he's ready to start basically is what I'm trying to say.
3: Well obviously he's basically ahead of ahead of everyone as such. Obviously you you mentioned about him already being in season. So he, he's this pre this pre season isn't his pre season. It's a case of just blending in with the with the group and getting close to them, getting to know him and playing in a different formation probably uh, doesn't help but he's he's getting used to it. But if if I had it my way, I probably would start Burns, but it depends on who who you bring in through the door because if we if we're talking about Prem low knees, it's a whole different ball game.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm we to wait to see who, if anyone, um, who the other winger will be that comes in. I'm sure they're working hard at getting someone in. Um, Joe, I have interest, would you start Burns? Obviously it's very dependent. But would you start him week one?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think he's got the quality to start straight away. And I think um yeah, as Ross said, he, he's in season. He's, you know, let's just keep the momentum going because he's, he's been having a good season. He's getting goals and assists. It's not just um, he's, he's, he's not just you know someone like Theo Corbin, who, for instance. He was really an exciting player and had some absolute moments of you know real gold, real gold. But maybe the numbers weren't quite there in terms of goals and assists, both with us and at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but Dara, you know, he seems he, he's got an end product at nineteen which is
2: um, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And look forward to see him play more. Of course, against, uh, I've rostered against Diamonds uh, recently, so I hope to see him more against Kingsley and Barnett and, of course, throughout the season. But on to the other wing and a player who's not Irish, but a player who's certainly lit up lead 2 last season in Louis Barry's coming from Aston Villa on loan. One of our more recent signings. Um, yeah, really, really exciting player, actually. It's weird. He he kind of reminds me of Max Waters a lot, actually. Just more on the wing, Um, quite a direct, pacey player who's got an eye for a goal. Uh, Not saying he will be Max Max Waters, of course, Um, but you know he turns that option. And how I sort of saw him in this Don's team, it reminds me of that a little bit. But yeah, really, really exciting player who you know Aston Villa fans and really great. And he's course had a bit of an interesting career going to Barcelona for a period. But Ross, when you saw uh, Barry was wearing a Don shirt or holding up a Don shirt, what were your immediate thoughts?
3: I was, I was really happy. Um, obviously, people... And I know it's it's just rumours at, at the end of the day, but earlier on in the room, people were, Well, I say that there weren't, it probably weren't even rumours, but people were saying about McCurdy, if I was to choose between the two, I'd definitely want Barry. I think he's um, more complete and developed. Um, and he's similar to Burns, in a way, in, in terms of it, he likes to get his man and beat his man. And I think we saw just through on the highlight reel, um, what the club produced... Um, them one-on-ones, they're practically goal, goal goal moments as such. Um, but we've got to look, obviously look at the positives and seeing that he um, helped Swindon get to the playoffs last year. And um, I, I don't see why this signing can't, can't flourish in this team. Um, he has all the characteristics. It's just whether obviously gets his head down and uh, carries on the form he had at Swindon.
2: Yeah, say it's a Swindon team that almost got there. Um, Unfortunately, you know, didn't quite get penalties in that. I think at Port Vale. But uh, Joe, what were your your thoughts on Barry? He seems a sign player.
4: Yeah, and I think another thing to bear in mind is, um, you know, you think of someone like Troy Parrott. He had two loan spells that didn't work out. Came to us and you know hit fire at 19 years of age, same age as Barry. Um, You think, and then you think someone like Josh Martin. You know, he had the talent. There's no doubt that in that, but. You know, we were his first loan and it just did not work out at all. And then actually, when he went to Doncaster the second half of the season, he was uh, he did have quite a bit of a positive period um, there. So I think it's, yeah, one, one it's a player that's got experience of men's football and has played a season of League One, then League Two football. Um, he seems to, I think maybe if you had to pick out one thing, maybe it's just a bit of physicality or maybe work off the ball perhaps. But on the ball, there's no doubt in his quality. And 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 he's got and he's again, you know, he's produced numbers. He's not just um, you know just promise. He's actually you know six goals in fourteen appearances. But they're like you know high pressure environment games um, with you know with with success on the line. It's not youth team football that he's done this in. Um, So yeah, really really pleased to get it done. And again, he said he had offers. He sat down with his family. And his team and and the club, and they decided that we were the best option. And it's it's yeah, really exciting. And he seems like a good lad as well. You know, I know Ross mentioned McCurdy, but McCurdy just to me seems like a toxic little brat. So, <laughs> however good he may be, I just you know I, I wouldn't want him anywhere near this team. But um, yeah, just another good player, good hair, and uh, hopefully some good performances this season.
2: Yeah, say so if he is playing on the left hand side, which I imagine he will be based off who was signed so far and what I, I, what we believe our our plans are in the window. You know, him and Nathan Holland are going to be, you know, two players who are going to have a real battle for that left hand side. And to be fair, two or two players who offer very different differing options at the same position. So, yeah, very good to have options. Very good to have that depth. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing him on the other wing, opposite Darren, opposite the other players. But we will move on to the final three uh, plays we're going to talk about today in terms of signings and the course of centre-mids, um, an area that we knew needed a lot of numbers in in terms of, you know, not only depth, but also quality. And, uh, yeah, you know, we certainly addressed that with these three players. But I'll hand over to part two of our conversation, or my conversation with Josh, in terms of chatting Dawson DeVoy and Conor Grant. they bohemians, and I think a player who's no stranger to Don's fans at this point is uh, Dawson DeVoy. Um you know, he's an interesting player. Obviously, he was at Watford when he was a young kid, moved over to Ireland, has been with the Bohemians for quite a few years now. Don's a link to him back in January. It's pretty public knowledge that they went in for a move and the player was reportedly homesick. Um, of course, their their voluntary president has come out and said that they don't really fancy the business of a club like ours, which, you know, is, is fair enough, but I don't think our, any of our presidents are between stuff like that out. But he's very, very talented player, regardless of what situation he's in and how he's feeling personally. Obviously, a bit like Dara, to be fair, his stats are through the roof in terms of how he plays as a player. What can you tell us about Devoid that maybe the casual person can't tell from like a stats point of view?
5: Yeah, I think, well, I think if you look at him, I think, you know, he's, he's, a, he's another very, very technical player. The only thing I would be concerned about maybe is. Like you say, the attitude. I, I'm not sure if he is ready to go again. Um, I think he is in a comfort zone with both with at the minute. I think he is in a zone where he feels, like you say, like say comfort zone most comfortable. I, I don't know if he is ready to move into League One. Um, I think he's a very good player, don't get me wrong. I think he is, he's very natural on the ball. He's, he's got really, really good ability, good at bringing it forward, good at switching play and breaking lines. But I'm just not sure his mentality right now. I just think if he goes to MK Don's, it's going to take him a couple of months maybe to get up to the, that standard and that speed. And that would be the only thing that would concern me because I'm not sure that if Don's signed somebody right now, you can wait months for them to really you know, burst on burst onto a level. Um I think that if if you're sending somebody now, I think you need them ready for straight for 30, for, for the thirtieth of July, straight kickoff. So that would be the only thing that would concern me about, about Dawson and Devoy.
2: Um and yeah, I think there was some talk about Devoy potentially going out on loan to a League Two club if he was going to sign. So yeah, I, th- I think your views have shared have been well, if it's true anyway, the you know the Don's hierarchy in terms of the Devoy if he does join. <laughs> wouldn't be ready initially um, and coming in, you know, take a bit of time to bed, a bit more than maybe Dara needs to, um, to get to first team football and actually, you know, get on the pitch. But no, I think the talent's 100% you now. Can, you can see it. It's just, I just said, you know, maybe he's had a different sort of experience, sort of Dara did in the League of Ireland and that uh, whoever did pick him up, of course, it's a contract expiring in November or believed to be anyway. He has to take a bit of time to develop him essentially.
5: Yeah, and there's no doubt, like you say, there is a player there. Um I could actually see if you did sign him, I think I actually think League Two would suit him more now for currently than, than what League One is. I just think he's on the League Two level scale, more so than than League One. Um and like I say, I think MK on to a very good coach and I think the void could learn a lot of him, definitely. But I just don't think he's ready for that level as of this moment of time.
2: And then, yeah, following Santa's role. Do you imagine he, do you reckon he sits a bit deeper in the midfield? Because I know we've got, we've got Matt Smith as well as international and Josh McEacher, he's a very experienced midfielder in that front, that sitting that, two that in the midfield. Do you reckon he sits more there or do you reckon he's more of a 10?
5: I think he, for him, he'd have to be more of a 10. He scored yeah. seven goals this year and he's got two assists. So I think if you're put, playing him deeper, I just think that completely knocks him out of what he's comfortable of doing because he likes getting on the ball. He likes He's progressive. He likes carrying it forward. Um, so, yeah, um, I couldn't really see him being a little bit deeper. Um, I think if he's a little bit deeper, he would have the tendency of thinking, OK, my brain, I need to go forward. So he leaves gaps in behind him. And then, obviously, teams will cut you apart in the counter-attack. So, yeah, for me, a number 10.
2: Fair enough. And the next player that, the well, next and final player we're going to chat about and it's very interesting actually that you said that is, is Conor Grant of course he was at lead 2 last season um, as Jordan Donson Rochdale um, looking at he played a mix of left wing and central attacking mid for Rochdale last season and if you look at his numbers you know very high and deep completion smart passes um, what's see the one there uh, shooting accuracy also so based off of that you'd maybe think does he play a bit of a deeper role this season but i think coming into this conversation i maybe thought grant would be the 10 for us next year based off the film that i've seen and how he actually plays as footballer but is if you do say say dawson comes back in january if we do sign him for say for example would you say that grant is more in competition with the likes of Joshua or do you think he can play the 10 also
5: I think he can play as a 10, absolutely. But I think, you know, if you're looking at San Devoy and you're looking actually to play him, then I think, yeah, I think you're sort of putting Grant maybe as that little deeper role in midfield. Um, and, 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 But then again, I thought Josh McEachern, I don't know what you think, but I actually really like Josh McEachern. He's season, very good season. That season, yeah. Yeah, very good. I thought he was excellent. So I think, I don't think he can drop him. I think he is at the moment. He is, he's sort of—I hate the word—but he is undroppable right now. I think he has to go into the season in that role. Um. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting one, and that's what I mean. I just don't think the would personally be the right man at the moment. But look, I'm not a scout, um, and I and I don't work for the club, so. I just don't think that he is the right man for for that, for that this moment of time. And I think Connor Grant would be competing with, if DeVoy does come, I think, like you said, I think Grant would be competing with Josh McCack, Josh McEachlin rather than in that number 10 role. I just think DeVoy's strengths is that, that number 10 role. I just think that's where he's better at and that's where he's mentally at, at this time.
2: Yeah, because even Grant's defensive stats are really good actually from last season. So I think there's a chance the... We... We've talked about festivals here, but there's a chance to be only in for the 10, like for the Premier League, for example, if it, if it's not DeVoy uh, or if it's not ready. And um, potentially play, have Grant compete with McEacquid and Smith, as you said. But yes, yeah, that midfield area is really intriguing at the moment. So it's good to get your thoughts on what you think of DeVoy um, and Grant, actually, because there's they're, they're sort of three roles occupied by potentially five or six players. So it's uh, it's to be capacity competitive midfield for sure.
5: Yeah, which is obviously a really, really positive sign for the club going into the new season. That you have bodies fighting out for for, for shirts in there, um, and it shows you that you're going to have another really, really competitive season.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. It all, it all starts against Preston, which I'm hopefully well. Based on this conversation goes out, hopefully it goes really well. Um, but Josh, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast and giving your thoughts. Um, please let everyone know where they can find your work.
5: Yeah, no worries. Um, On Twitter, it's at the Punting Football. Um, and then you can find all my written work on the Islington Gazette, but you can find most of my stuff on Twitter. It's at Punting Football.
2: Brilliant. Thank you once again, Josh.
5: No worries. Thank you for having me on the show.
2: Thanks once again to Josh for coming on to the podcast and giving us a bit of insight into these Irish lads. Um, the Irish dons takeover continues. And, uh, you know, Dawson DeVoy is the latest player as part of that contingent. Coming over from Bohemians on a under, for undisclosed fee, a three three year deal. So you know another long term contract for one of these younger lads.
4: Initial three year deal as well. Maybe. Oh, there we
2: go. There we go. So you know, maybe another year option also. Who knows? <laughs> but a very, I think a very intriguing player. I think if you, I think when you see the stats, you say, okay, he's a really really good technical player and the players play really well in that midfield. But I think for me, and I think we'll discuss this with him and Grant. His role is a question mark to me for now. And I think as Josh outlines, of course, it's Josh's opinion. Our opinion is also on this podcast. But whether he's ready for League One yet, it's a, it's a question mark also. I don't know what, Joe, your your initial thoughts on Devoya are, but either way, he's a really talented lad who's a Dons player. So it's a good sign overall.
4: Absolutely. And I think it's as close as, thing, uh, as a transfer saga that we've had in a little while, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think it was, yeah. So it's yeah, really good to see him come in finally. Um, I think he's he won the young player of the season for the whole league. So, and again, he comes with, a, you know, quite a lot of experience in the League of Ireland, um, having played a, quite a few games um, in, in the top division there. And I think he's actually played in Europe as well. So, um, again, it's a really valuable experience. Um but of course, you know, as Josh mentions, perhaps uh, maybe you might have a, a, an adjustment period. And I think um, Sweeten and Manning actually mentioned about having an adjustment period and just you know not expecting, you know, messy on day one. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just, you, you know, again, you can't lie with the numbers. They, you know, they don't lie. They are what they are. And um, hopefully he um, can continue, he can, you know, hit the ground running or, you know, make, make an impact and just continue developing in developing he's here for on a three-year deal as you say so there's no rush to burn him out and almost throw him in too early and then all of us are like oh god what, what's gone up, gone on here it's it's you know we, we can take our time with this and um, and i'm sure that, that everyone at the clubs knows what path is going to be best for his development but yeah another body in the door another high potential signing another irish don yeah the the the, the wheel keep the wheels keep moving
2: yeah, and I suppose that's going to be uh, one of the key things in terms of his development is whether you keep him in house for a little while or do you, you do have him like on like a local loan where you keep an eye on him and track his development quite closely and see how he gets on it, like maybe uh, in the fourth tier as opposed to the third tier. But yeah, you know, those are question marks right now, Ross. And what we do know is that he's a talented lad who, from what we've heard from the Irish, um, you know, the majority of the Irish sort of experts in it, is that he's a really good lad also in terms of being part of a, a group culture and being a part of a team and, uh, you know, hopefully we can embed that.
3: Yeah, he's he's a very intriguing side and I'm not too sure what I think of it in terms of what I've seen is a lot of our fan base raving about a lad um, and it, um, as I say, through the highlights, he looks great and I think obviously that comes with an element of pressure and I'm sure he, he probably thrives off that a little bit, but I'm calling it a little project for um, Liam Manning, especially. It's a project where he can he knows he's got a really good player, but he's he's way behind someone who's more experienced in the squad as such, uh, like a Josh McEachran. Um, and he, he just needs to be blended in the team and he needs to be progressed at the right stage. And I think, I don't feel like we've had a player like this for a long time in terms of, we need to loan them out and progress them, and then let let them let them come back, and then we'll we'll help them out. Um, and I, I, I'm excited by this signing, but I, I'm not expecting I'm not ex- expecting a lot. As Lee and my, um, Sweeten said, you've obviously have to have that patience um, with these types types of signing signings. But if if I'm looking at the starting eleven, I personally I don't feel like he, he'll get he'll get. In the starting eleven, um, just through the quality we've got at the moment, I'm not saying he he hasn't got the quality. I just feel like it's a bit earlier on, early on in his career at the moment. And um, yeah, definitely, I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a low move ahead for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, and I, I our squad list, we we have to void behind, you know, Matt Smith, and if we take Matt Smith for example as a case study. You know, we bought him in January, didn't really play him at all really for six months, and you know, he's now going to be. I could be the starting centre with alongside Josh McEcrain, and now he's a Wales international. You know, qualifying his team for the World Cup. So, you know, it's it's there's a clear there's a clear case study there to show that you know Dawson doesn't need to play immediately to develop. And you know, I think yeah, and I, I said in my tweet um, the other day, you know, if he if he has just got loan's January or develops in house till January, and we don't really use him too much apart from bench appearances appearances. Um, you know, he, he could be one of those big pivotal players in the squad come end of the season, we're looking to get promoted. And, you know, if that's the case and you know, if no one would complain, but of course, you know, we're in what, July now and we don't know that, but talking about verticals, but definitely a possibility that, that happens. I know you mentioned um, the squad positions and I think I'll skip ahead a little bit here. Um, it's been an interesting debate as to whether we've, well, us guys and I think a few other people, and of course Joshua came on. wherever we think DeVoy and, in particular, Connor Grant is where they're going to play. Now, I will take Del's advocate in the fact that I'll say Grant could play a bit deeper. Um, I know everything that we've heard is that you know he's going to be the ten, and from what he saw against Russian, to be fair, he did play really well as the ten and probably arguably the best player on the pitch, um, despite him getting forty-five minutes. But you know, he, I think he could definitely play the eight. So I want to hear your guys' arguments for Conor Grant's position in the 10, for which he hasn't really played in his whole career that much at all.
4: Well, I think it's more with DeVoy. I think, you know, he, we we look, we were looking at him as soon as Matt O'Reilly left. And you think of Matt O'Reilly and he did play a bit deeper. Um, and with Conor Grant, I think a lot of what he was saying... Funnily enough, it happened just as Twine left, but I don't think so, that's anything to say he's a direct replacement. But um, you know, I think with um, with Connor Grant, a lot of his attributes lead to you know him being really good in and around the box. Whereas a lot of the stuff we've seen from the boy, you know, we've seen quite a lot of long range passing and 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 build up play stuff like that. Whereas I think Grant is really good at dribbling and with the ball at his feet um so yeah that's where I think I'll, I'm, I'm landing on that side okay I mean
2: the, the thing the thing that I think that dribbling point is an interesting one because the way I saw the dribbling point initially was that Grant would be perfect for the pivot because he can get out of tricky situations where they're having like a high press and he needs to dribble out of it and Devoy could always just be more of a deeper attacking mid a bit like Twymo to some where his long range ability is better um Obviously, that's a complete hypothesis and, you know, it doesn't really matter what I say. I, I'm not the one training the players, but that's how I initially saw it. Um, and, of course, there's a physicality point on Void, but I think that's a bit of a worthless comment because I don't have any, any clue in physicality, just going off his way looks like compared to Grant. But Ross, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on it all in terms of that.
3: Um, well, obviously, if you look at the highlights from Rochdale for Grant, um, he's very much a, of a silky player. He likes to have the ball at his feet, and if for for example, if you're saying it deeper, um, I, I personally I do feel like we've got players similar uh, to Grant, uh, Josh from Keckren, Ethan Robson. They like the ball at the feet. They're quite silky with it. Why waste another another player, um, like Grant, who someone who can, who has the legs uh, as a box to box, um, can can beat his man at times, um, and he's got an eye for a pass. And if we've got wingers, Burns, Holland, um, Barry, who else? Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty much is ideal for us in my eyes. And, um, just going on die, the diamonds game, you, you could tell that he, he looked a natural in that 10. Um, and he, he, he just looked comfortable as for devout devoy. I'm not going to say too much about him. Cause obviously it's, it's up in the air at the moment. Um, as it, as his career progresses, he might find a different position. So it's, it's we're we're quite in the dark with that one. But um, I'll, I'll back Joe.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I say I back Joe also. I just wanted to sort of put together the argument that I felt is definitely possible. And I said, you know, devoy is young, like, and he's certainly got all the talent to play anywhere in the midfield, really, um, based off his numbers. So it'd be interesting to see what Manning in particular has got in plan for him. And um, yeah, you know, pay a fee for a player. Um, you know, you better have a plan for. It, otherwise, it's a wasted money. So I realised I said three midfielders we so signed. Signed two. I think we talked about Ethan Robson last episode. But there's not many signings. Yeah, you kind of forget how many players you're uh, recruiting at the moment. But yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe maybe three or four more through the door. But you know, I'm not gonna name positions or names or anything like that. But yeah, hopefully if we get those numbers through the door onto a pretty pretty good squad. Looking into that first game season against Cambridge. Um, as said, you know. Looking forward to Kings and a Barnet. I'm um, sure, you know, at least at least one of us will go to both of those games. So, be good to see the lads once again uh, get the last few minutes in before that game against Cambridge away on the uh, 30th, uh, 30th of July. But, um, yeah, until then, enjoy the weather, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you soon. And come on, you do